Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. You could turn $10 into $250. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/fan and use code FAN. That's code FAN at prizepicks.com/fan. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Episode 34. I can't believe it. So crazy. Um, Paula and I sit down today and talk about um, the upheaval that happened for both of us when we had children. Having children is such a, a blessing. You can say all the cliched, beautiful things that are true about having children. But I also had a very hard time transitioning from single person to mom and um it was really, really hard for me. So, and it was hard for Paula too. And I don't think enough people talk about things that maybe aren't looked upon favorably in society. I don't think it's it's safe for you to say being a mother of a newborn sucks. And it does. It sucks. And it's also amazing. But it also sucks. But it's also amazing. I mean, it can be two things at once. And I think she and I both experienced some of this really sucks and are willing to talk about it so hopefully for any of you ladies who had some dark times in your early mothering years or are currently in some dark times hopefully you can know that you're not alone and feel that um you have some friends maybe that have been through the same thing all i can say is once you get through all those really difficult times everything is awesome um so we talked about that and we talked about, a, you know, a little bit of our careers before we had kids. And I think it was a really good conversation. Pa- Paula is someone that Sandy met years ago and said, I think you and Paula should be friends. I think you and Paula would really get along. And I have to say, this is maybe the third in-depth conversation I've had with Paula. And I think Sandy was right. Sandy's a good friend and uh, she knows good people. So I hope you enjoy this podcast about um, before and after kids and how it affected the two of us. Um, I think it's a really interesting one. And thanks for for coming back every week. And thanks for sharing uh, Wife of the Party and for um, supporting. It makes me feel like a million bucks. So thank you very much. And uh, I hope you enjoy episode 34. Yeah, she's a really great person. She's really dynamic. I didn't know that much about her before she, you know, started helping me with Girl Scouts. She was an actress for a long time. She wrote a novel. Um, she did? She did. She wrote a novel. It was one of her, like, life goals. 
Wow. She did it. She runs marathons. And she's a cellist? Isn't she a cellist? Is she? I don't I know. She's like some musician, too. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'll have to ask her about that. Yeah. She reads voraciously. I think one of her day jobs That's now impressive. is like editing books for like a publisher. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Same thing that's wrong with me. Oh, my God. No, look, you're doing that. You're getting mentions on KTLA. I know. I was always <laughs> proud of that. I was very proud of that today. But, um, yeah, yeah, she's pretty pretty great lady. She always has a really good perspective on what we've read because she's a writer. Of course. So, um, of course. And, you know, she had what we were going to talk about today, you and I, uh-huh. is life before and after kids. She had an interesting story she told, I think, last week on my podcast where she just had a moment, I think she said either right after she had her, her daughter or when she was pregnant where she went, I'm done. I'm done acting. I'm done. Hmm. Time for a different path. Just had like a moment of clarity and release. Wow. And it was totally fine. It had been acting since she was young. You know, she's wow. Canadian, been acting as a young child and acting all through her young adulthood. Uh, I don't think she had quite the success that you had, but still she was wow. auditioning and in plays and mm-hmm. um, really wanted to be a theater actor, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, just went, yeah, I think I'm done. I think my path is going a different direction now. Gosh. And I was like, she's lucky that <laughs> she had that. <laughs> Tell me about it. Isn't she? Yes. Yes. So, for me, when I got pregnant, we uh, we got pregnant on the pill. Oh. So I was writing. I I was raising money to write to to film a, a pilot. I had already sold a screenplay that had been made. So we'd wow. optioned three other screenplays. I had wow. studios were calling me to adapt books into screenplays. I had a writing partner. The, they were calling both of us. Um, and so I was kind of plugging along and my career mm-hmm. was really starting to get some traction. Mm-hmm. And then I got pregnant on the pill. So then I went, okay, well, I think this may be where my path is going because that was kind of divine. Uh, absolutely. I wasn't right. I was not of trying course. to get pregnant. So then you go, okay, well, then God was just saying, guess what, lady? <laughs> You're you gonna- have to surrender to that. You have to surrender. Yes, yes, yes. You just go, all right, this is my path now. And we called my uh, in-laws. They were thrilled. Mm. Called my dad, and my dad said, your life is over. (gasps) You'll never write again. You're done. I know how you're going to be as a mom. You're going to be all out, and you're just never going to pick it up again. And I went, how could you say that? That's terrible. (laughs) Why would you ever say that? And he was like, because I know how you are, and you're going to throw yourself into being a mom, and it's going to be really hard for you to go back to it. Wow. And and did you believe him when he said that? Or were you like... Uh, there was a part of me... You know, my dad has this really crazy knowledge of me. Oh, like when I was... Yeah, it is a gift. And he's he's a very um, simple man. And I mean that as, as a compliment. He's, you know, he's an auto mechanic. Mm. He's born and raised on a farm that his shop is still on the same farmland. You know, wow. he's never lived anywhere except my hometown of 1,800 people. Wow. You know, a big, a big vacation for him is camping in Tennessee. Ugh. You know, he's just a really simple guy. Right. But um, when I was about 20... I was really upset because all my girlfriends were getting pinned and lavaliered mm. and engaged. And I wasn't even getting asked out on dates or I was like cycling through boys every three months. I'd uh-huh. be like, yeah, bored and bored. And I was like, why? What's wrong with me, daddy? And he said, you know, 
you're just going to have, you're not going to fall in love till you're in your 30s, and he's going to be a really interesting person. He's not going to be a regular guy. So you're just going to have to wait. And I was like, that is the meanest thing you have ever said to me. What wow. do you mean? And he was right. I didn't meet Bert till I was 31. And I, you know, I think he just understood that I uh. had a lot to work through, a lot to figure out, you know. He was just really smart like that. So then when he wow. said that to me, you're never going to write again. I kind of believed him because of that experience. It was such a of strong course. reaction where of I went, course. what do you mean? And then it came to fruition. That was just like an oracle. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go meet him on the farm. Like, that's the next 20 years of my life. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. So you guys must have an amazing bond. We have a great relationship. We do. I bet. I mean, I'm an only child. And he um, he had me in the summers. My parents divorced when I was seven and moved. Uh, my mom moved us like an hour away. Mm. Um, so I saw him every other weekend. And then from Memorial Day to Labor Day, he had custody of me. Uh-huh. So the summer was just a oh, blast. Special. It was great. And it was just, you know, the two of us. He had a roommate who had a son that was my age. Mm-hmm. So in the summer, the two of us were like siblings. <laughs> so it was kind of awesome. cool. We're both only children. So right. we're still pretty close, I think. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, he and I are really, really close. Oh, that's he, great. He's a sweet guy. Okay, so he said your life is over. And how did you react to that? What? I was like, no way. Uh-huh. And then, you know, of course, I got morning sick. And then mm. I couldn't move forward. And the director dropped out of my pilot. Mm. And I was like, I had Georgia. And when Georgia was three days old, Bert went on tour. <gasps> she was three days old. Stop it. Swear to God. So then I went, okay, I guess this is my gig. <laughs> wow. And I was working a day job um, because I wasn't making enough as a writer to not work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Um, Bert wasn't making enough as a comic for me not to work. Mm-hmm. So I worked and took care of our kids for a long, long time until we moved to this house, I guess, about eight years ago. I worked until about eight years ago. Um, and then just recently, you know, started doing this podcast as a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as writing, but in some ways it is the same creative outlet or a similar for me anyway of listening and talking to people and figuring out what people mean and what they're saying yeah. and being having a connection i think it's I, so great that you have that i'm still searching for that you are uh-huh i still am i'm yeah i uh do you think you'll go back to acting for people listening paula had a you had a career yeah like I a big career really really lucky i was so weirdly lucky so tell me about it tell me about it oh man <laughs> it's like talking about a whole I'm far enough away from it now that when I tell the story Uh it's like I'm it's like I'm telling like a fairy tale it was really incredible um I graduated from a theater conservatory in Chicago Mm -hmm. and where I spent you know, four years just doing what I loved, which is just theater, theater, theater. And I loved it. It was it was the worst experience socially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my Why? gosh. Was it an extension of high school? Oh, good question. Oh, it was so much worse. It was. Why? Oh, my gosh. Why was it worse? This is you know, getting off topic. Is that OK? I don't care. OK, no, I don't care at all. <clears throat> 
I had gone to Vanderbilt uh-huh. because I grew up in a very Republican, Mormon, conservative, conservative household. And so you go to Vanderbilt. If you get accepted to Vanderbilt, you go to Dandy Vandy <laughs> and you roommate with debutantes and you rush for Tridel and you just, excuse me, live large. Yep. In the Southern way. And I was miserable. I couldn't, I, I hated it. You I did. hated everything about it. Wow. It was so materialistic. It was so polite. It yeah. was so well-dressed. It was so, I, I could play that role, but inside I really didn't want to. Totally. So I decided to, I'm, I say, I'm just going to go and do what I love. I'm going to go. But I still had the Laura Ashley wardrobe. I still had the fact that I was Mormon and was kind of a virgin and (laughs) didn't. What do you mean? Kind of a virgin. I mean, you know, a a whole other podcast. And I didn't, um, but I didn't, you know, drink alcohol. So I go to this school and I am just as happy and delighted and I've got my bow in my hair oh and my I'm God. like, let's look at some Shakespeare and how it compares to Tennessee Williams. Oh my All God, right. I'm ready. Meanwhile, everybody else there is on full scholarship. They've mm-hmm. been like, you know, their family has said, ugh, okay, go to this place, go follow your dream. Like, you know, but you have to pay for it. So they're struggling. I'm there, you know, mom and dad using that Republican money or paying for me. And um, did that make you feel guilty? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So guilty. And then so the the faculty really liked me Mm -hmm. because I always knew my lines. I always studied more because I wasn't out dropping acid on Lake Michigan. Right. And. Or working three jobs to pay your way. Or to working three yeah. jobs, or like participating in the orgies. So <laughs> I, it would mess up my bow. So uh, when you were partly virgin, mostly virgin, I, sort of virgin, I, 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 virgin depending adjacent, depending on the day. Okay, got it. Um, so I was just socially, it was a nightmare. Really quickly, my father loved getting us personalized license plates. Oh, he did? Yeah. This was his thing. <laughs> That's kind so, of adorable. <laughs> well, yeah. Except in high school, where I was also kind of like a weird nerd, like a little too chipper, a little too outgoing. People didn't, I wasn't cool enough. I I have three earlobes. I was born with Wait, two. what? I know, I know. You have three earlobes? Yeah, I don't know. I apologize. Wait, I don't know what to tell you. How is that possible? Okay, over here, uh-huh. I have two earlobes on this ear. <gasps> oh my God, I see it. Okay, thank you. It's yeah. like a webbed toe. That, I have a webbed toe upon ear my ear. That's crazy. I have a webbed ear. I've never heard of that. I, I Are they both well, pierced? It's because you never drove behind me because <laughs> my father decided that the car license plate should say three lobes. No. Because it's really fun being in high school. Way. And having oh, your license plate say three lobes. That is, that is, oh my God. Horrifying <laughs> and weird. And all I wanted to do was be cool. And I'm driving around with a license plate that says three lobes. So then I'm doing a performance. <laughs> I'm doing a performance of a, of a show in, in Chicago. And my dad comes up and sees it. And he says, you know, you need a new car. 
you need a new car. I'm like, oh, you know, okay. So we go, and he gets me this red Miata. Uh huh. So I'm now pulling up in my oh. bow and in my Laura Ashley to these people that hate me and, you know, are all just smoking. And I'm like, now pulling up in a red Miata. Right. And they're like all on scholarship. Right. And here I am. And then the big orange or yellow envelope shows up at my door. And I'm like, I recognize this envelope. It's new license plate. <laughs> Three lobes. I open it. I act. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Sorry. now on my red Miata that I'm pulling up to, it says I act. Oh, my God. He really set you up for success. Right. <laughs> Set you up nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my it god! Was so, uh, I mean, they would like take sharpies and write like overact oh or can't. My. Are you act. kidding? Yeah, yeah. That's mean. Oh, they were mean. They, they were, were mean. Wait, oh, what college they were was so this? mean. The the theater school at DePaul University, oh, the Goodman okay. School of Theater. It's a great school, right? Okay. So anyway, so I'm you know. Driving from graduation, you know, with the Republicans headed to the big fancy dinner after graduation. And my dad says to me, what are you going to do? What's your goal? And I said, I'm going to give myself three years to make any money as an actor. Mm -hmm. And if I can't, then I'm going to go be an elementary school teacher, which is why I went to Vanderbilt. um, Because they have this great education program. So... Three weeks later, after graduation, Steppenwolf Theater Company is um, opening a new space. And to open that, they're doing a play written by Steve Martin. Um, It was his first play he ever wrote called Picasso a La Panagile. And I went in and auditioned for the Ingenue, and I got it. That's amazing. It was amazing. That's amazing. It was I was so lucky. But see, and I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh, I'm j- it's just all luck. Like I this was very very fortunate. I'm very very fortunate. I'm very aware of that. Right. Um but it was like me getting pregnant on the pill. Yes. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Where you went, well then this is where I'm supposed yes, to be. Yes. Yes. It was a very, confirmation. It was yes. God or whoever, the universe, yes, whatever yes, just went, this yes. is where you're supposed to be. Yes. Here's your pass. Open the yes. door. Yeah. And um Yeah. That's, That's amazing. So well said. Yeah. So it was so we it was a huge hit, huge hit. Um Steve was there the whole time writing, rewriting. Um we all, it, it was a really incredible experience. The show ran for like a year in in um Chicago and I had this whole lineup of like different shows to do, different theater gigs for like the next two years I had set up in Chicago. And then they decided to bring the play out to LA. And I was like, no, I'm so done with this play. I've done over, you know, 500 performances of this. I'm so bored. I can't. And I have all these wonderful gigs lined up. And he, Steve Martin, said to me, if you take this play out to L.A., it will change your life. Wow. And so I did. Wow. And he was right. And he was right. So I came out, and 
We did it at the um, Geffen Playhouse in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, when you're doing a play, there's um, comp seats, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you always know where those are. Right. And I did a lot of my monologues out to the audience. Right. And my character, it was kind of like, I mean, if you want to take it back to the kind of virgin part of my life I walked in my role my character walked in and my hair was like pulled in a tight bun and I was covered from here to my toes in um in this very modest uh era appropriate attire and I walk in and I think don't know but I think my line was does Picasso come here often and they said yes he'll be here later tonight and then I walk across the stage, I rip off the clothes. I'm in a bustier. Oh, my God. And I pull my hair out, and my hair's all big and curly, and I flip it, and I sit down. So it was very, um, it was like a way to make an entrance. Do you know what I mean? Totally, yeah. So I would then have all these monologues, looking out and so I would know who was sitting in the comp seats and I knew they were all friends of Steve Martin so I would be like doing my monologue and I'm like and I'm doing this in front of Warren Beatty and Annette Benning. Wow. Or now I'm doing this in front of Johnny Carson and da 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 da. So it was like such a heady experience. How it was surreal. So, it was so surreal. Yeah, I would imagine. It was so surreal but I've had this ability my for my almost my whole life, for my adult life, where I am very aware of how grateful I need to be. Mm. And so that's probably the only thing that has gotten me through being able to leave all of that. Right. And being a mom. Right. I so relished it. Yeah. I so relished it. So at any rate, Candace Bergen sees me in the play and says, I want to write a role for her on Murphy Brown. That's amazing. Yeah. So then I did a season of Murphy Brown. And then I did, I ended up doing two pilots on two different networks. Both got picked up. I was the only actor ever to do that. Wow. And then I went back and I played Gilda Radner in Bunny Bunny with Bruno Kirby on Broadway. Wow. And that was a big hit. And... I went back and did Night of the Iguana with Cherry Jones and Bill Peterson and Marsha Mason. And I just, I, 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 you worked. I worked. Yeah. For 13 straight years, I went only two months. That was my longest stint of not working. And then I got um, Providence, Mm -hmm. which was the show that went for five years on. Uh, NBC and it was it was an inc- I, I mean it I still can't believe it I still can't believe that that's my story that I just told you I can believe the license plate I can believe that I was <laughs> that I was you know rigged across the coals for being uh, who you are who I am yeah. but then that fairy tale starts and then um, and then things started to you know, kind of after Providence, we made some wrong choices about what I was saying no to and what I was saying yes to. And who's we? My agents. You and your your agents. And 
Um, and things started to really kind of slow down. And I was married and we, I was married, I was like 36. So we were like, we got to get this going. If right. we want more than one kid, we've got to do this. And I, I was one of those people that could go out and audition all day long for really big, important things. And not important. That's the wrong word. I know Impressive. what you mean. Yeah. Impressive. And yeah. then be like, all right, that didn't work. Moving on. Moving on, right. No attachment. And I noticed that once I had kids, I would go and audition and I came very close to some things. And I was so vulnerable mm -hmm. that I couldn't, I, I couldn't handle it, which was really weird. And I think that is one of the things that motherhood does to us. Yes. It makes us so vulnerable. So I couldn't, I didn't have enough room to handle me putting myself out there and thinking about the life I would have if I had gotten the role of Pam in the office, which I came so close to. You know wow, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't carry that ar around and be vulnerable about being a mom, I think. But at any rate, I it all just started drying up. And that coincided with when I had kids. Mm. And I have finally come around to to being okay with that part of my life being done. Yeah. I would love more than anything. I came really close just this past pilot season to getting the lead on the Norman Lear pilot. Um, and it was the first time I had auditioned for something like that in a while. And I remember calling my husband on the Sony lot as I walked out and it was like some really big names were in the room and Norman Lear was in the room and I had just made them all crack up. That's great. Yeah. Excuse me. It went re I mean, I just kept doing it over and over again and had a great audition and they kept calling me back and it was just, I walked out and I called my husband and I said, that was the easiest half hour I have had in years. Wow. And it's like, now I have to go back and pretend I know what I'm doing as a mom. Yeah. Pretend I know what you're supposed to do when you're a PTA president. <laughs> pretend to care about what the hell my children eat. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And so I, that that freedom that you feel mm -hmm. that you must feel now you know by doing this you know i can see you when i'm here doing this you are like a glow oh you really are because i worked out and you're <laughs> i just worked out that's what it's it because is. you're famous now because it's of excellent KTLA. moisturizer excellent moisturizer that's all it is but you 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 fit it fits with you oh, and thanks. i don't have my thing yet but all of this comes together and goes back to our conversation of my life was so different to then have kids. It was like so drastic to go from this world where it's such a acting when you get to that level too is very, it's a very self-absorbed situation. Sure. You have to get to the gym once a week. You have to make sure your brows are plucked. You, you know, yeah. it's a lot of that. Yeah. But I even think if I didn't have that, motherhood hit me like a 
ton of bricks. Boy, it did me too. Holy cow. Ton of bricks. I mean, it was horrible. It was, it was, it was. Tell me about your. You know what? I love my children. I don't want anyone to think. As do love I. I have no. And they know it. Yeah, my do too. They know it. And I don't have any regrets. Not at all. However, not however, because that kind of negates I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets. Neither At the same I. time, it was really difficult to transition. I think what's hard, too, is that we had kids later. Mm-hmm. I had my first child. I was almost 34. And then the second one, I was almost 36. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd had a career. Exactly. I'd had a huge life before that. So then all of a sudden, you have no life really for a little while nope you are you can't leave the house unless they've napped or you can mm. only leave the house in this window between naps Ugh, i'm breaking out in hives i know right it makes me I sweat can't. Makes i me can't sweat. i start i felt trapped i felt it was angry horrific. i was angry so angry i was so sad i was so lost i was lost too i was so lost yeah i was lost and i what was hard for me was that i was like I'm not angry at Bert. Mm. I'm not looking at Bert going, you asshole, you get mm-hmm. to go follow your dreams. Uh-huh. I really never had that. Right. I wanted him to do that because I know what it felt like to be uh, in that world. Yes. So why yes. would I want the person I love yes. to feel what I'm feeling, yes. which is lost, confused, frustrated, Absolutely. angry, completely inept. I felt totally inept as a mom. And, you know, even though from what I understand, my mom was a really good mom when I was little, when Mm. I was until I was about four. She was a really good mom. Mm. So I'm sure somewhere in my subconscious, I remembered what that was like so that I because I think I was a really good mom. I think I still am. Would imagine, yes. As a young, extraordinary. I just kind of knew how to be with babies and toddlers. I just kind of knew. Really? So even though you knew, it was still really hard. Oh, yeah. It was really hard because I, because of that thing my dad said. I didn't want it to be true. My dad just gave me a license plate. (laughs) Two, three lobes. Oh, man. Maybe I'd rather had three lobes than you're doomed. (laughs) You're doomed never to write again. So are you, were you, yeah, that was a touchstone for you that he said that? Yeah, I think it was like, it's coming true. Wow. Look what's happening. Wow. He's right. It's you're never going to do it again. Never writing again. This is your life. This is it. All about other people. And you were able to accept it. I, I don't know that that is a true statement. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know that I was able to accept it. I think I fought it very hard. Mm-hmm. But I would fight it internally. I did. I, I I hope I fought it in a way that my children didn't really know. Of course, that I was going because like you. I wrote, I wrote six days a week, mm. eight hours a day. I devoured it. I loved it. It's oh, all I thought about. What a luxury. About. I would go, you know, as soon as we would finish writing, I would go home and read what we wrote um. and make notes and get ready for the next day. I've always been that kind of worker, no matter what the job. I've just am an immersive uh-huh, worker, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and I knew that I couldn't, have even an ounce of that immersion with children so i didn't want it mm. so i just went well i can't i'm not the girl that can sit down and write for 15 minutes a baby cry and go okay no problem right i would go are you fucking kidding me yeah seriously yeah. i yeah. just got started yeah Ugh. so i'd just rather not do it 
you know? Yeah. So that's what I did. I just didn't do it. And that would make me angry because I would go, well, uh, I deserve to feel creative and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. And that's actually a talent that I have that I have put on a shelf. And I don't really know that I completely want that on a shelf, but I can't mm-hmm. manage it any other way. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna hire a nanny so mm-hmm. that I can sit at a computer for eight hours. Right. And write, right. especially when I'm not making money at it. And right. I don't have any, I can't even pay for the nanny. Right, 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 right. So right. then, yeah, it was an upheaval. Uh. It was an upending, especially because before we had kids, Bert wasn't really traveling that much. And I knew, I understood the path of a stand-up. I understood at some point he would start traveling. It just happened to coincide with three Three days days after she was born. Did you have somebody helping you? um, Sort of. Um, Oh, Leanne. Sort of. Bert's sister, Annie, was really helpful in the beginning. She lived a block away and was around a lot. So she really helped me a lot. But I didn't have like a nanny, Uh per se. I didn't have anybody hired. We didn't Uh hire anybody until... Isla was probably about one year old. Holy cow. Um, that's when we I hired somebody because I was working. I managed apartment buildings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I had one small building, uh-huh. and it was just a really part-time in-your-home, no-big-deal job. And then my uh, the owner of that building, had he had two other buildings in the neighborhood, and he sold all three of them to a larger company, and they fired the other two managers and made uh-huh. me the manager of all three. Mm. And I was like, I can't. I can't, I can't possibly do this right, and raise right, my kids right. at the same time. Right. So at that point, I'd hired, I had hired, I had hired a nanny just part time. But she was there only when I worked. So I still you did still groceries. Get, I still mm-hmm. cooked all the meals. Mm-hmm. I still paid all the bills. I still mm-hmm. did everything else except for that pocket of time when I was in my office. And I worked from home too for the apartment building. Mm. So it was intense. And I was angry a lot of that time. I don't think I ever, I've, for me, I had postpartum after Isla, but I was not sad or I was angry. Wow. I was rageful, like destructively rageful. I put my girls in the bedroom, closed Mm -hmm. the door, and one day I went in the bathroom and just picked the lid up to the toilet and broke it over the toilet bowl because I was so angry. I believe it. And I finally went to the doctor and was like, I think something's wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) I am having a hard time with my anger management. And she was like, I think you may be having some postpartum. It's just manifesting itself as rage instead of, wow, instead of I can't get out of bed because I I just had no option to not get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Tiny people. Mm -hmm. So if I can't have that, Mm -hmm. then I just beat up my toilet and... (laughs) I would lay in the bed and scream. Yeah, I would, go, I would too. I would shake, go outside and just grip my teeth and shake. Uh, it was so awful. I still, when I see newborns to three, uh huh, I just get, or, or someone that's pregnant, Yeah, I just get like, <laughs> like I can't even walk on the same side of the road with them. I'm just like, I can't, I, it is like PTSD. Right. It is so... I, did you, were you prepared? Did you realize how solitary and no weird no. it was? No. I didn't realize how solitary it would be. And even though Bert's sister was there a lot, uh-huh. it still was up to me. Yeah. And I didn't really realize. You know what? I, I don't think anybody can really tell you 
is how sleep deprivation affects you. Oh, um, you realize why they use it as a as torture. form of torture. 100%. Because Georgia didn't sleep through the night till she was 22 months old. That's like Charlie. And Isla was born when Georgia was 25 months old. Mm-hmm. So I had three months of sleep. And then Isla didn't sleep through the night till she was four. Stop it. A four. She would wake up at about, I guess she was about probably two and a half. <sighs> she would wake up at two and just go in the living room and start playing. No. And I would get up and go, no, 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 honey. No, it's, it's the middle of the night. Got to go back to bed. And she'd go back to bed every oh my single night till she was four and a half. She went through a phase. <laughs> Isla, Isla almost killed me. I swear Aww. to God. I wanted three kids. And after Isla, I was like, fuck like, that. <laughs> fuck that running. There ain't no way I'm having another one of those animals that I just birthed. She's part Tasmanian devil, Aww. part monkey. Uh, she started walking at nine months. <gasps> nine months. So you can't communicate. Nine months? Nine months. I had a oh almost. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I had an almost three-year-old. Uh, and a nine-month-old walking walking 10 months she's climbing so she figured out how to open the how drawers in my die? kitchen let me tell you it was oh a full-time freaking job i felt terrible for georgia right. because i was just constantly keeping isla alive she, <laughs> oh, she was she would climb up we had uh couch arms that were curved they uh-huh. weren't straight up uh-huh. she would crawl up the couch arm and flip herself over not uh, 10 months old months old i have a video of her on youtube carrying a bucket of cat food when she was about 10 or 11 months old just oh walking around gosh. the bucket of cat food is bigger than she is she has no hair and she blah blah blah, 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 blah. no words not speaking i mean bert was cooking dinner one night and she got in the garbage and pulled out like raw chicken and just put it in her mouth started gnawing <laughs> on it and we're like she's gonna die she's gonna die That's she just great. had no no and she never wore clothes and she couldn't stand to be strapped oh. into anything. So you put her in her high chair and it was Armageddon. Oh. She was bowing her back and screaming and throwing whatever was on her tray. And I, I, she was literally a maniac. I feel like you actually just described your husband's behavior on the Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> definitely naked. Definitely can't stand to be and strapped in. And he gets in. the raw chicken and exactly. he arches his back. And it's basically him. They may be related. <laughs> Maybe. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so so Isla, Isla crawled out of her crib mm. at 18 months. So we lived in a loft apartment, and she her crib was in the loft, so Georgia could have the bedroom, and we could put her to bed at a decent hour. But once she started crawling out, and she, by the way, would use her big toe and the toe next to it to shimmy up a baby gate, like that no she could flip herself over a safety gate. oh my god she was part monkey totally part monkey it was so stressful but at 18 months okay we're like all right well we got to put her in the bedroom with georgia i mean mm-hmm. she's unsafe up there she's gonna i'll have to sit in the bed and watch her mm-hmm. all night and she wakes up all night long so oh my god so 18 months i put her in the bedroom with georgia uh two twin beds she gets up <laughs> comes in the living room like hey what's happening oh. and i'm like oh no honey bedtime walk her back in right back out hey what's happening oh walk yeah. her back in come back hey what's happening okay paula for three months 
she came out of that bedroom for three and a half hours. No. Undaunted. No. No. Every night. No. At 7 p.m., I would start crying. Yes, you would. I would start That's how I was, too. I would start crying about the night that was about to fall upon me. I would be bawling. Yes. Sitting there going, oh, my God, I have three hours of putting this child back in bed. Oh, my God. I got angry at her. I would cry. But one person told me to turn the doorknob around and lock her in. And I'm like, but <gasps> she's got a two-year-old sister, three-year-old sister right, in the right, room right. with her. I can't. Right. What happens no, to Georgia? Can't. Yeah. Good old but, Georgia just sleeping through the night. Oh, my No, she word. didn't sleep through it. She kept Georgia up. No. So I was like, we only had two bedrooms. Where was I supposed to put Georgia? In the bathtub? You know, I was like, what do I do? Oh, Three man. and a half months, that child did that. And then suddenly she just started staying in the bed. And I was like, wow. I finally, because I thought to myself, if I let her stay up, I will have no control over her for her life. Mm-hmm. She will win this. You're right. And I have to win this you battle. You had to do that. Yes. So yes. I'm winning, but 7 p.m. I'd start crying every single yeah, night. Yeah, I was right there with you. Can you believe that like that's what, that's what was hard for me. Like this is what my day has turned into. Like making sure a baby doesn't climb over a gate. Yeah. Like, I can't believe this is now my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, it's like the most meaningful thing in the world to be a parent, right? Yes. But the behavior of being a parent, I feel like is so meaningless. It's mindless. It is so tedious. It is. It is. The day to day is just so tedious. It's so awful. And you're sleep deprived and you don't realize it, Mm -hmm. at least for me. I didn't. When you come out of it on the other side, you're like, holy crap. I was depressed and exhausted and didn't even know it. And angry Mm -hmm. and... Not myself. No. I I kept saying, this is not me. I don't know who this person is. Were but, you afraid that you were never going to be the same again? Yes. Yeah. I was terrified yeah. that that was permanently me. Yeah, me too. And Bert used to say, you are so unhappy. Oh. Are you unhappily married? And I kept going, you know, no. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I haven't slept in years. Oh. I haven't slept in years. And he's gone five days a week. So there was no way. Oh my way. gosh, I keep forgetting that part of the equation. He's not even home. He's not even home. So there was no taking oh turns walking back. There was no taking turns getting up at two to walk her back mm. because A, Bert would never wake up. <laughs> he had no idea she was playing in the living room. <laughs> so she would have just played all night long if I right. left him. Right. And then I, I always have had the mentality, this is probably not a great thing. Mm. I just go... I have to do it myself five days a week. Why would I ask for help for the other two? Absolutely. I'm just going to do it. I know. I just do it. Why would I fuck up your sleep for no, two days? I know. When mine's already completely in the toilet. Yep. So I'm just going to keep myself in the toilet so yep. that you can be good because one of us needs to be good. Yep. And I think that started a really bad pattern in me. Yeah. Of, of, of making myself a second class citizen. Yes. I think I still probably do that. Oh, I still do it all the time. Yeah. Bert gets really frustrated with me because he goes, I don't understand why you don't ask me for help. And I go, it doesn't occur to me. (laughs) It's not even that I go, well, screw Bert. He just Mm -hmm. won't do that right. Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it because he's just going to screw it up. No, it never even enters my mind to say, hey, can you take out the garbage? Uh, Or, hey, would you mind picking Georgia up from the bus stop today? Mm -hmm. Never crosses my mind. Right. I'm very much that way. Also, Are you also? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think there's like some weird control thing there or... I mean, I just have a system and it works uh-huh. and that's kind of how, and I guess I cling on to that system. I wonder if there's also like an ego. I don't know if there is, but like. That's interesting. Well, mm. it's like, because that's something else when I was thinking about this conversation we were going to have, like what happens to the ego? Because as an actor, you, as you know, from Bert, you simultaneously have like, you know, a horrifying ego and an actually very strong ego. Ego is the wrong word. It's self-esteem. I, I know what you is. mean. Um, and like you have to kind of find that part of you as a parent that that can feed your ego maybe in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I know what you mean. I think maybe is it like this? You were... Uh, hugely successful, not in an egotistical way, just in a factual way. Right. In your career. Right. As was I. There aren't many people in Hollywood that, no. ha- that get a screenplay made, you no. know, and have. So part of the person that got me to that place is a person that yes. works really hard, that takes pride in what they do. They're self-starters. Mm-hmm. They're, they don't need, you know, a lot of help in a way that other people do. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's part of your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. just part of who yes, you are. But yes, thank you for clarifying that. I have a friend that's a therapist who um, said that she was doing her PhD in, in uh, burnout among therapists and she said that the thing that she ended up basing her whole um, dissertation on is that when people are doing something that they don't know how to do or don't have a grasp on it is it is exhausting Mm. and debilitating Mm. and but like on a really deep level. And that's what motherhood was for me. Oh, yeah. Because, and that's what's so horrifying about those first few years. I mean, it lasts forever. But I didn't know how to do this. Right. I didn't know, I didn't know how to behave without any sleep. I didn't know how right, to behave. Right, um, Where your day was just kind of staring at this child and changing it. And I just, there was no... Um, I don't know. There's no room for fucking it up either. No, there's not. And as bad as you think it is, sometimes it's even worse. Yes. You know, I remember Georgia had the rotor virus when I was pregnant with Isla. Mm -hmm. I was about seven months pregnant with Isla. So Georgia was probably maybe 19, 20 months old. Mm. Um, And I remember Pick, she was had a fever, so I had put her in the bed with Bert and I, with Bert, Bert and me, and uh, she wasn't feeling good. I could tell she just wasn't feeling good, and I picked her up, and she vomited down my back, and it went inside my shirt, <gasps> and I thought to myself, yeah, I didn't really expect this oh, in sweetheart. motherhood, right. <laughs> so let me hand her to Bert, oh. and I'll go like figure this out to the minimum way because I have to take care of a vomiting child, mm-hmm. right? And then she ended. The rotavirus was terrible. She was sick for like 
10 days or something she was we almost had to put her in the hospital we were we had to give her pedialyte from a syringe every 15 minutes around the clock to keep her out of the hospital and she would the doctor was like this is how you keep her out of the hospital i don't want her in the hospital she has rotavirus this is what you need to do wow so neither of us slept for like three days straight until she stopped vomiting she lost like five pounds in three days and she was tiny and i'm just i'm just bert and i were crying and Mm -hmm. we were like this is not Mm -hmm. bert has said many many times i didn't really sign up for this level of vulnerability Yes. I didn't sign up for this exactly. level. I like, I knew for having kids is fun. You nope, go play softball and you roller skate and you teach them how to, you know, water ski. But this shit, I didn't sign up for this. He said that every time they've gotten injured or sick like that, like really That's bad. So, so true. It's really uncharted territory in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, like what you're talking about. You were an expert in your field. Yeah. And now you are a complete. Yep amateur beginner novice yep and that's what's so hard it is really hard and i think like you say it's because we had kids when we were older i think so So we knew what it was like to be an expert at what we were doing yeah as opposed to just being able to i sorry i uh, something that came to mind was i had a another friend who was who we were talking with i was talking with that was going while we were in it and this really really helped me she said that her therapist i mean it's just all about therapy i know right, right? I mean, <laughs> hey i've been in therapy just, forever i mean i love the therapy oh so do i <laughs> so um she said that parenting or motherhood there are certain people that and it sounds like this was you and me um is like going into the dark forest. And if you are going to go all in, you go all the way into that forest where you don't see any light right. behind you. Right. And the light behind you is kind of like that life before or that still being a part of that world mm-hmm. and being able to divorce yourself some from being a parent. But there are some parents, some women, that only want to put their foot into the forest or only go in halfway. And they're the ones that are okay with hiring the babysitters or the nannies and having, and they just physiologically don't have to be all in. Right. And I'm one of those that had to go all the way in. Amen, I sister. couldn't even go halfway into no, the woods. No can do. I wish I could have. Me too. I really wish I could have. Me too. Me too. You know, my sister-in-law still works. She is in publicity at Fox. She has a almost a one-year-old, and um, I admire her for being able to do that. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done it. I just no, couldn't have. I couldn't either. And I'm not. And there's a weird thing that happens where it's like, oh, that's to be revered. You know, totally. oh, you're a better mom because you. And no. that's not what I'm saying. No, at no, all. no, no. There's t- apples and oranges. Yep. I think. Yep. Apples and oranges to know yourself well enough to know I'm an all-in person, mm-hmm. and she's t- all in to the kid, completely all into the of kid. Of course, um, she's a great mom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Really, really good mom, and and she has a career. Yep. And she loves her career, and and she needs her career because she they don't they're not in a place where she could not work. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. really an option for her to be 
a stay-at-home mom at this point in their life. You know, right. her husband works and makes great money and everything, but we live in L.A. It's really right. expensive. Yes, it is. It's a completely different Ugh. place. So, uh, but she seems to have found a great system and balance. She has a great nanny. She watches him all day on the nest oh. cam, so she feels like she sees what's happening oh, with him. Oh, so great. And, uh, and she's really happy, and he's really happy, and everybody's happy. Mm. So maybe if you or I could have, I know, <laughs> could have put like from the neck down, yes. in the dark forest, yes, and just still have a little light. I had none. Right. I had none either until we moved into this house. Hmm. And when we moved into this house, and I was able to quit my day job, and, and the how girls, old were your kids, uh, Isla was in preschool, about to go into uh, kinder. That's kind of when things change. Was it for you too? Yeah. 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 So Georgia was in first grade and Isla was in four-year-old pre, pre, well, preschool. Yeah. So when we moved here and then when I got to our elementary school and started making friends mm. that had kids, we're mm. all, you know, this group of women that mm-hmm. I have to this day, all have kids the same age and the same situation. Mm-hmm. Then I felt like, oh, okay. I have a tribe. Now, yeah. I know people that have found that when they had really small kids. I didn't. I just didn't. Yeah, I was half a person, so how could I? You know? <laughs> right. Like totally. <laughs> I couldn't get, I couldn't get dinner on the table. Yeah. Um oh, I And I don't want anyone to think I and I don't think you're saying this at all. I really at the same time, like I talked about before, holding two things at one time, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching my kids through this experience. I can't say that I enjoyed walking Isla back to her bed for three hours for right. three months. Right. But I enjoyed watching her, uh, who she was and discovering her personality and yes. and figuring out who Georgia was and her personality. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a videotape of Georgia would die of her. <laughs> when she finally pooped in the potty for the first time, <laughs> I would not trade that process for anything because absolutely, it not. was amazing. It was special. And I don't have, they probably won't remember any of it. I don't right. remember that age with right. my mom. No, no memory of that. No, that, uh, no. And like going back to what I was saying about how I feel very fortunate that I can be so in the moment and be aware of how fortunate and lucky I am. I have that as a mom too. Yeah. And I relished all of that as well. Right. I just wasn't, I just, I had no idea what those first three, four years were like. Right. I, I remember leaving the hospital I don't think I have felt that kind of fear ever. Oh my God, in really? my life. I was just I could not stop crying. No I was way. shaking. My body Aww. was shaking. Oh. I was so frightened. Did you have any help at all? Was your mom or anybody here no, to help you? No. No, my mom passed away. Oh, okay. Like twenty years ago. Um, my sister came and um but then she had to leave like two days later. Um, or no, wait. By the time I left the hospital, my sister had left. I think that's right. And so that was amazing that she was there to help me prepare. And, and she was actually at the birth, which was incredible. Um, but I was just so frightened. And I remember getting on the elevator 
And the sweet older woman standing there looks at me and smiles and says, oh, it goes so fast. Did you want the song Madman Smiles? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and then she's going to start playing it. Alexa, stop. <laughs> and she, um, Madman Smiles. Um, Never heard of that song. And neither have I. Uh, interesting that the Madman showed yeah, up. Yeah, right? Very interesting. <laughs> um, I, and I thought about that woman in her lavender cardigan all the time. Yeah. Because I was like, that lying bitch. (laughs) This is going so damn slowly. I want to scream. Oh, fast my ass, right? Yeah, right? Uh, Yeah, no, no. And so then there's this whole idea that um, of like micro time and macro time. What is that? Well, micro time is um, the day. Like think of it as like, the small amounts of time as opposed to the macro is like 20 years yes okay and macro within macro time yes parenting goes very very fast especially when they hit five and they're in school all the time i feel like yeah but the days are so long yeah they are so so terrifically long and those nights are even longer yeah they go on forever oh they go on for like four days awful I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think enough women are honest. I don't either. About that time in a woman's life because yep. it is I don't either. it is an upheaval it's an upending of the junk drawer is what yeah. i feel like all the junk hits, yeah. the, shit hits the fan that's right and you see your strengths and your weaknesses oh and that's your so tools. well put leanne that's and exactly what it is it is it's an upheaval and and it's important to talk to be brave enough to say i'm flawed as yeah, a human being, so I'm true. not the person that could keep my eye on the light. Mm-hmm. I felt like I I felt like I was in war, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've never been in war. No, I did too. But I, that's really I felt that's like exactly it was a it. relentless onslaught of need. Yes, outside of myself. Yes, and, and again, it has nothing to do with how much we love our children at all. Not at all. But I, yeah. No, they're, they're, it's almost like two separate things happening at the same time. Yes. So you are deeply yes. love your children, really happy. Yes. And then this personal upheaval is happening. It's, mm-hmm. it's all very personal. It's, mm-hmm. I, for me, I, don't, I would like to think it wasn't super outward, that mm. people didn't see, oh, Leanne has really right. turned into this evil human no. being. Right. But, but it is a personal upheaval, or it was for me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think enough people are honest about that or or maybe maybe we're an anomaly maybe (laughs) maybe maybe i'm just really odd that way but i don't know i somehow feel like that's that we're that we're not that more people feel that way than would admit even to themselves because it is hard to, to look at yourself and to say that wouldn't that's not looked upon favorably Mm hmm it's really not mm-hmm. to have this experience that this that age group that one to four uh-huh. is really really hard. Yeah, I know. I remember being really angry at the mothers I knew in my life for not telling me. Interesting. 
I was like, wait, wait people threw baby showers for this bullshit? <laughs> like, I don't get, this is a blessing? What are you telling me this? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to sound too, I was at a pre-postnatal yoga class. A pre-post, natal. Oh, I see, pre-slash. So there were some pregnant women, very pregnant women, and then I had just had my baby. (laughs) And I just kept going up to, because I thought I was really doing them a favor, I kept going up to all of the pregnant women going, just so you know, (laughs) it gets better. It gets, it's going to be, you will, like day six, you will be in your shower and you will be weeping because you will have known you made the biggest mistake of your life. It gets better. Right, and right. they looked at me with the biggest eyes. Right. Terri- like, and I remember thinking, oh, I can't tell you this right now. This right. isn't right. This right. isn't, I just, I really hate that people don't talk about this. I hate it too. I hate it. There's so it's much. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair because then it leaves people like me feeling the way I felt. Exactly. Like I was a horrible human being. Yep. To to feel that I was angry and yes and and empty in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I felt really empty. I felt like I was all out poor, no intake mm-hmm. for a long time. And especially because I didn't have, I didn't have a partner, had a partner two days a week right? or maybe three where I was getting no input. It was all out. Everything's going out, 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 out. So what do you think would have helped? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. That's a really good question. I have no idea because because of the mom fully in the dark forest, mm-hmm. I only allowed minimal help because it was my baby. Yep. This is my job. And I'm not going to. So I yeah. don't really know. What do you think would have helped you? Booze. Maybe this. You know <laughs> Maybe what I this. mean? Maybe this. Maybe another person that said, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but. Yeah. This is really hard. And, you know, I remember having people over. Bert used to have a few friends over for Monday Night Football when Isla was doing the get out of bed for three Mm -hmm. hours. And I'm the one walking her back on that Monday. And everybody's kind of laughing like, boy, she's really tenacious. And I'm like, fuck Uh, you. uh, Yes. I'll take your tenacity and Uh. shove it up your ass. Right? (laughs) Right, 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 right. Thinking. Why didn't I ask for help then? Why didn't I just say, there's five of us. Yeah. Let's take turns. You do one, two, three, four, five, and then we'll just rotate. And then then I get to watch football too. Right. But instead, I would take on the entire burden. Absolutely. So that they could enjoy football. And I didn't resent them for it. But for some reason, for me at least, I feel like it was a, it was I think I've always had this part of me, which is not really healthy. I've always taken responsibility for things that aren't actually mine. Huh. So if my mom is a, n- not normal, I probably did something that caused that. Mm. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if I chose to have a baby, yes. then I chose to have the burden. So now I can't complain about walking this girl back to her bed for three hours for three months in a row. Not only can you not complain, you're going to pretend like you're okay with it. 
Were you that way or no? No. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know. Nice. I added that layer to it. Now, for some things, yes. But if it was in my house with Bert, I didn't really pretend. Oh, no. Neither did I. No, but in front of but, other yeah. people, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's totally fine. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm dying on dying. the inside. Dying. Withering. Yeah. Yes. Now, do you find that you did stuff like that? Like you feel like this was my choice, so then therefore absolutely, I absolutely, yeah. It's almost punitive. It is. It is. Yeah. It's it's like punishing yourself for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know why. Um. Yeah. It was a hard time. You know, I've had a few hard pockets of life that were mm-hmm. upheavals like that mm-hmm. I had one in my early 20s and then that and i can say this i came out of the first really six years because george is two years older than isla coming out of that um it's my pool guy <laughs> i am more myself than i was before i had children does that make sense oh Having children taught me who I am in a way I did not understand before I had them. Um, They gave me great perspective on myself. Wow. And so I feel a little bit like those uh, dark years Mm -hmm. where I I became like a phoenix, not Mm -hmm. to be super dramatic. But Mm -hmm. when I came out of it, I was more myself than I'd ever been my whole life. It kind of stripped away. Yeah, it did. It it kind of made me go, you know, I've always been very straightforward, very kind Uh of honest person, uh, and very um, direct. Direct, yeah. But it made me, like, streamline everything. Like, uh, friends fell away. Uh, Important things really stayed. Wow, that's great. It just got really... Really became your touchstone. You became your touchstone. I became my touchstone in a way that I had never been before, mm-hmm. ever. It was, having kids to me was uh, overall one of the most healing, it was probably the most healing wow. thing I've ever had. Because I get to be the parent I wanted. Yes. And couldn't have. Yes. Uh, my mom just wasn't capable. Mm. And that's, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, but... You know, I'm a Girl Scout troop leader for both my girls. And yeah. I'm taking 22 girls camping this weekend for wow. Girl Scouts. And I have this huge list of stuff I'm teaching them. Oh. How to use a hatchet and pocket knife Lucky and build a fire. Girls. And then I go, this is what I wanted. Yes. This is what I wanted. Yes. So I get to give the thing I wanted, which is so fulfilling. Yes. For that little piece of yes. me, little girl on the inside. I yeah. go, oh, I finally get it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know? And all of that is on the other side of those dark years. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. If you can just get there. Yeah. There is, there is a, um, you know, with my prior success, there is, um, there's a peace, as in P-E-A-C-E, um, that wasn't, that wasn't even in that. You know, there's oh. something that just grounds you. Interesting. Now you have a uh-huh. peace. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, peace is a good word. That's mm-hmm. a good word. I feel very at peace mm-hmm. with every day. So do I. Even when I screw up. Absolutely. At the even end when the, my kids are screwing up. Even when. Yeah. But there is something really 
and I owe that to my children. Yes, transformative, right? Uh-huh. Um, it is. So what do we do now, Paula? I don't know. Uh, your kids are held. Oh, but look at you. You're doing it. Well, I'm starting for sure. But, you know, I've been working... I've been working a day job, which is called Burt Kreischer, for years. <laughs> so I'm glad that this podcast, I'm glad I'm here where I am now. I'm in a really good place right now as a person, as an individual, and as a partner. You know, Burt and I are a really good business team. That's great. Um, and I like, I like being in teams. Mm. I don't like working singularly, huh. I've found. I like being in teams, which is you why. You so good. Well, thank you. You are such a good team player. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's very sweet of you. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Um, I like like finding Mm win-wins in everything in life. How can we get a win-win? What's the win-win? Because I want to win, but I also want you to win. So how can we do that? You're so generous that way. You're so... I don't know. I... This this podcast, for me, I tried to do it by myself, but it was Mm -hmm. like, just sit in the mic and talk. I could not do it. I was like, I actually need... A teammate. Hmm. Doesn't have to be the same teammate every episode. I need a teammate. I need someone hmm. to talk to, to bounce ideas off of, to learn from. I It made me feel so arrogant to sit at the mic. I'm like, what? Who? Totally. You know everything about everything. What right. are you going to talk about for an hour? You know? Right, right. That just, it was so not who I am as a person to think that I could pontificate on some subject ad nauseum, right. you know, as some kind of expert or not. Um but you are. Well, I mean, I don't You're know. You're doing it. I am, but with a person. I mean, yeah. With another person who's yeah. also in their own way an expert in their but own life. But that's what's so least. beautiful about you. You you find the expert in everybody. You Aww. just have that gift. Well, that's very doing sweet. That. It's true. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Um how do I turn that into a job? You are. <laughs> aren't you? I don't know. I but, am, but I, I am, but I go, you know, <sighs> we are deficit funding this podcast. <laughs> so at the same I need that time. to stop. I need that to stop. <laughs> I know. How do we make money and feel fulfilled? I mean, I literally, when I'm buying something at Home Goods or Target and yep. I'm looking at the person I'm checking out, I'm like, maybe I can do that. Like, I literally think like they are fulfilling something. They're getting a paycheck. Yeah. And they are doing a mundane job. I mean, maybe it's not mundane. I don't want to make that presumption. But like, why am I not doing that? Why am I driving around getting Diet Pepsis or Diet Cokes when I could be... Serving Diet Pepsis. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But you know, like, what? I have this free time. They're in school. So it's just so hard. What I'm trying to say, not eloquently at all, is that... I want to be able to find something that I find fulfilling um, and can make money and I can be there for my kids. That's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah. We were talking about this the other day, I think with Kirsten about jobs um, and and Kathy Franken about people. Someone had commented on uh, my website or somewhere uh, that some people just want to go to a job and go home. Mm -hmm. They don't want a career. Like, quote, career, like writer, actor, Mm -hmm. stand-up comedian, Mm -hmm. you know, career social worker. Mm -hmm. They just want to work and support their family 
and then enjoy other things outside right. their life, which right. are as important to a lot of the people that come to L.A. are so career driven and focused. But it's not like that in the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people in the rest of the country just want a secure job that has benefits so they can vacation for two weeks with their family and go to all their kids right. little league games. Right. And that's what they want. So I think what maybe we're all coming to is the same conclusion that the rest of the country has known forever, which is how do we do what we want for our kids, do something that we enjoy, Mm -hmm. and maybe that fulfillment we talk about is different than it was when we were in our 20s and in our career. The definition has changed. I think so, because I think to myself, I mean that Bert would kill me. He's going to die if he ever listens to this podcast. When he retires, I could totally be a Walmart greeter. Well, see, that's my point. Human, right? That's my point. I'm kind of interested to see what people buy. And I'm like, I wonder which item you put at the bottom of the bag. Like, literally. Exactly. I'm like, I could, I could find that interesting. I could. You know, one of the most fulfilling things I did at our elementary school was safety valet. Right. You know, you open the car door. Good morning. Yep. How are you this morning? I yep. hope you have a great day. And yep. I would leave there like skipping my step. Yep. Super happy. Well, isn't that just a Walmart greeter? Good. <laughs> Welcome Walmart. <laughs> hope you buy everything you want. Uh, have a great day, you know? Yeah. So maybe my future is Walmart greeter. There you go. That's my, my and, and then we can have lunch because <laughs> I'll be checking people out. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Who are the two cute brunettes having lunch? <laughs> well, you know. They were big Hollywood people at one point, but they've moved over to Walmart. Yeah. That's hysterical. Well, do you ever think you'll go back to acting? You know, the thing about acting, too, is if you got The Office, that changes everything. No, I know. Now you do have a full-time nanny. Now you do have. I know. And I would have been miserable. Yeah. And I know that. But at what point does that shift, I wonder? You know, I... I don't know if I could do it halfway. Like, I just don't, I don't know how to do that. And I think once our kids are growing older and older, I need to figure out how, because I'm going to have more and more time. Right. So there isn't, it's not going to be half me, half them. It's going to be three fourths me and one fourth them because they're going to be gone all the time at their different activities or whatever. I mean, just talking in a time sense. Um. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't either. And I thought it would get easier as they get into high school. But it, it hasn't. It's actually gotten more hectic for me. Really? Yeah. With I mean, George is playing softball for high school six days a week. What? In the fall. Six days a week. So that's a lot of laundry. <laughs> that's a yeah. lot of driving. Yeah. That's a lot of practice and game. And that's a lot of helping her manage her time to get her homework done, Mm -hmm. helping her manage her time so she can do social stuff. It's it's Mm. a different bandwidth. It's me now. Now I have to figure out dinner at two o'clock. Yes. So that I have to, you know, it's a a shift in busy. Right. I wouldn't say it's easier. 
I w- I, it was until she got into softball. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, wow, flush that all down the toilet. Uh, I really have the, the hours there in school. I'm back to that again. Wow. I'm, I have when right. they're in school, and that's all I have. Oh, okay. So it may, maybe not. Maybe your, your sons won't be as active. Mm, or, no. you know, probably. Yeah. Middle school was the sweet spot. Oh, good. Middle school was the slowest time for both my kids so far. Middle school is like, oh, look, I can start a podcast. Right. And I can do more stuff with Bert. And I can blah, blah, right. blah. And right. now I'm like, wait, what? I'm going to six times a week oh, to do softball? What? man. Okay, hold on. Uh, let me back up on the other no, stuff. Or I I'm going to have to hire somebody. I mean, I just found out last night that it's six days. So I'm like, okay, here's, I'm going to have to hire somebody to do some driving. Yes, you are. I just can't spend no. that much time in the car. No. So it's just too far. And I'm by myself. Right. Again, I right. can't pick up Isla and Georgia at the same no, time. No, it's, it's impossible. impossible. Yeah. So, and, and it's not fair to put Isla in the car and have her exactly. drive an hour round trip to pick I'm, up. Exactly. So I don't know if it gets easier. And I know what you mean. Be, doing it all the way is, is all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It is. I also feel like um, kind of that peace that I was talking about that yeah. you have. I feel like that's there's really not a lot of room to be struggling as an actor and going on all of those auditions and getting that rejection and being told you're not pretty enough and being told you're the wrong whatever yeah there's not a lot of room for that piece there and i'm really treasuring i'm treasuring that and trying to celebrate it and really treasuring my kids yeah i don't want somebody else to be there when they are getting picked up if i don't have to be right and i'm so fortunate yeah that i feel a little bit like i'm like i mean except for those first three years i i have found i'm so fortunate because i haven't had to work right and I'm very aware of that. And I've tried very hard to give back right. in quiet ways to other people that might not be as fortunate. But I'm so aware of that. Yeah, gratitude is a powerful thing, isn't it? Uh, gratitude it's the is the key, man. It is the key. It's like freedom. Grace and gratitude. Yep. If you just find that gratitude. I don't know how grateful I was in the first four years I had kids. I think I was grateful that they were healthy. I was grateful that they were progressing and growing. Such a good point. That's the piece that was lacking. I I wasn't grateful for what I was, for the upended junk drawer that was happening in my life. I wasn't grateful for that because I honestly, I don't think I had the perspective of the phoenix, so to speak, that came after. Of course not. If I had known that walking through that dark time came to this person, I think I would have been more grateful. Right. Um, and that's interesting that I say that. I had such a dark time in New York. Um, I lived in New York for four years. Um, something really amazing happened yesterday. I have to tell you this. Tell story. me, tell me, tell me. So I moved to New York to be an actor. I studied oh. Meisner in New York. Okay. For two years. Um, I was in college and I was really floundering. And my mom's fourth husband mm. was a super generous guy. And he was mm. like, What do you want to do? I said, I think I want to move to New York and I think I want to study acting. I was studying at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta and my teacher there had said I think you um should go to New York and study I can't I think you need to study that's great some you need to study Meisner go so I said I think that's what I want to do and he's like okay 
I'll give you six months rent. You pay for everything else. No. And I'll get you started there. He was <gasps> really wealthy, really wow. sweet, generous man. And I was like, okay, opportunity of a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. So I moved to New York. <laughs> My mom, who was a model her whole life mm-hmm. in Atlanta, um, decided she'd come to New York and try modeling. So where do you think she moved? Oh, no. Into my apartment. And then she tried to take my acting classes with my Holy And my acting man. teacher was like, yeah, no. <laughs> She's not going to be in your acting class. Uh, but then she started uh, acting out in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, she and I had a very bad fight. And she kicked me out of my own apartment. But her husband was paying Holy for it. So for about 10 years, 10 years, about 10 days, I didn't have anywhere to live. I would kind of like sleep in the lobbies of dormant buildings. I had my cat in a box and a suitcase. And I just kind of hopped around and had, I slept on somebody's couch, but then I'd feel really bad because I had my cat and they're not cat people. And the cat was still a kitten and clawing their furniture. And then I'd feel like I need to move on. Right. Mm -hmm. But my acting teacher was kind of watching over me. And there was a girl in my class who was Miss Georgia her name was Stephanie, and he just quietly said to Stephanie, I think Leanne is having some trouble. I'm from Georgia also. Mm. So he thought, you know, maybe you could help her help her out, let her crash on your couch. And she she did. She let me crash. And uh, for 10 days, she oh. was a singer-dancer, Broadway-type actress, uh-huh. and she was really good friends with the Rockettes. And she just happened to be with the Rockettes uh, rehearsing for the Christmas Spectacular. Uh-huh. She was in the Christmas Spectacular uh-huh. at, Rock, at um, Rockefeller Center. And she said, one of my friends who's a Rockette has just moved in with her boyfriend and she has three months left on her lease. Would you like to sublet her apartment in Spanish Harlem? And I was like, yes, yes. Great. Took all of my money to just be able to pay for that while I got a, a different job that I got paid more and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it was an upheaval and I was a wreck in that time and I just disconnected from Stephanie I was embarrassed that I was in that place I was embarrassed that I was sleeping in lobbies I was embarrassed that I needed that much help I was embarrassed that my mother kicked me out I was yes yes it was just so embarrassing so I just kind of as the 40 something or actually 30 something I became I, I felt very bad about the way I left her. I didn't feel like she understood any gratitude from me, mm. any gratitude. I'm sure I said thank you, but it was profound. The help she gave me was profound. So yesterday, I'm coming home from the chiropractor in Pasadena, and I think, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's on my way home. I'm going to go to the one in Toluca Lake. I've never been to the Trader Joe's in Toluca Lake. Uh-huh. Pushing the cart, <gasps> round the corner, there she is. No. Now, I've written her a letter, and I tried to find her on Facebook and couldn't find her uh, to tell her thank you. And I literally turned the corner and was like, Stephanie? And she went, yeah, how do I know you? It's like, I'm Leanne. You helped me for like 10 days in New York. And I just vomited all over her. So much gratitude. I was like, you have no idea what you did for me. You have no idea what was going on in my life at that time. It was such a dark time. You were so helpful. I have been looking for you for 20 years to say thank you. I just need to look you in the face and say thank you. Thank you so much. You changed my life. You saved my life. It was an amazing gift and she just was big tears in her eyes and she went you know you just never know who you are in a person's life you just never know Mm. she said i did it was nothing for me to do that for you nothing at all and i was like it was just 
Uh, it was amazing. That's extraordinary. So in that time, when I went to that sublet apartment for three months, I was so dark because I'd uh, grown up with this mom that was not well. Yeah. And that kicking out was the second time it had happened. It happened when I was 13. And then again, when I was 23, when this was going on, of you're dead to me. I don't want to know you. I don't. Oh, yeah. And then years of not having a relationship with my mom, I would... <laughs> this apartment was a studio apartment in Spanish Harlem. I was terrified living there. I would run from the subway stop to my front door because I thought something was going to happen <laughs> to me for sure. And, uh, you know, I grew up in rural Georgia yeah, and they no. just decided Spanish to move Harlem. to New York and, and I'd never been there. It was, yeah, it was no joke. That was 93. Was tough. Oh, it was 93. Wow. That was yeah, yeah, before yeah. Disney owned Times Square. <laughs> I was like, I got off the Port Authority and it was like, peep show, peep show, XXX, peep show, peep show. I was there too, yeah. It was insane mm -hmm. so and the person upstairs from me wow. was a pianist that was quote banging out his songs oh, as no. he was composing so it oh, sounded no. like a schizophrenic person having a stroke while <sighs> playing the piano so i would lock myself in the closet and cry i would get home and close the door and just ball and i just came completely undone <sighs> but after that so similar to this dark time. Yeah. And then after that, I was a different person. Mm -hmm. It was like a birth, I guess, mm -hmm. which is kind of like birthing. There you go. A child. Yep. And birthing yourself. So I wish I'd had the perspective of that time in my 20s in my closet. Yes. And that in the moment of, of early motherhood. Yes. Yes. To say, oh, okay, once you get through this, you're going to be actually yep. better. That's so true. That's so true. And that's why I think it's so important to share yeah. how hard it is yeah. so that then you get to also share with whoever you're speaking with. It This becomes magical. This is yeah. magic. What's happening right now yeah. is a little bit of magic. It's like the butterfly magic. Yeah, right? it is. It is. It's it cool. Is. I love that you saw Stephanie. Oh my God. I was so, all day yesterday, I kept going, I can't believe I got to do that. I was, I said to her in Trader Joe's, this is a gift to me. Yeah. Because I've been of looking course. for you forever just to say thank you because you're one of the people in my life that I didn't get to be really grateful to. Wow. I am so grateful for this moment. And I, she was so taken aback. Yeah, I think she was yeah. like, whoa, Who whoa, whoa, crazy whoa, whoa. Person? Yeah. No, you, yeah, you were crazy then and ah, you're crazy no, no, now. No. no, I don't think she was thinking that. But. I love that you didn't, that it wasn't in a letter or Facebook or texting either or even on the phone. I love that it, you were able to do it in person. No, I looked her in the eyes and said, uh, you have no idea what you did for me. Mm. And thank you so much. And thank you so much. And thank you so much. I said, mm -hmm. thank you so much over and over and over again. And I'm sure she was like, get me out of here. Oh. <laughs> Woo, this is intense. <laughs> and it's just a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a Tuesday at Trader I'm Joe's. Trader Joe's. And yeah. I kept saying to her, I have never shopped at this Trader Joe's ever. Oh, it's man. crazy that I came here today. That tells me this is a gift. Yes. This Absolutely. was a gift Absolutely. for me. So whatever I'm doing lately, as my daddy calls it, I'm clean living. Because when you're living clean, stuff like that happens Aww. for you. So I just couldn't, I couldn't have been more thrilled that that happened yesterday. It was such a, it's, 
I it's been on my heart forever mm. that I just ran like a scared cat from her apartment mm-hmm. and just didn't mm-hmm. really ever I just didn't know how to be with her right I just right. felt so awkward and you know she was so beautiful and mm. she's so together in her same age I don't know if she's the same age as me but we're similar ages mm-hmm. and you know she was like she really had it going on and I was a fucking mess yes like at the core mess yeah and I just didn't know how to I didn't know how to be with her to just sit like this yeah I didn't know how to have a conversation yes. with her because yes. I felt such a wreck yes I've been there yeah yeah have you oh my gosh yes. yeah and then you just have those angels yeah that just fly on in like Steve Martin <laughs> 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 okay, Candace Bergen. <laughs> Maybe. Oh boy, you know I. Uh, Life is beautiful. It is. I'm very, very grateful. I am too for all of it. Well, thanks for talking to me about this. Oh my gosh! Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. I I would have. I. It's a gift to me because. I would have loved to have been able to listen to this in the middle right. of the night. Me and too. And just be like, oh, they sound okay. Right. They sound like they get on the other side of it. Right. And that's how I'm feeling. I think it's so important in life and to share stories. That's kind of why I became an actor, too. Like, I just think that's the way we get through it. We have to keep telling our stories. I agree. 100%. That's the only way. Even when they're hard. Yes. Even when they're Especially when they're horrible and hard. Yeah. Because we're tribal. We are mm-hmm. tribal people, mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. We are not singular beings. We are not a polar bear that just doesn't live with anybody else. Mm-hmm. We are tribes of beings. And to feel alone is the worst feeling ever. Yeah. And, and and as bad as any experience I've had, I know some people have had far worse. Absolutely. And for people who have had similar experiences to mine, I feel like just to know that you're not alone alleviates so much. You know, I found my friend Christina Pachinski is a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I met years ago. And we started talking about our moms and we could almost finish Uh, stories about each other's mom because our moms were the same human being wow and we were like what a gift oh my god oh my god you really understand what i'm talking about Mm. and i don't know anybody else who can Mm. like you can understand i don't get along with my mom this is not the same. This is a different thing. And her mom has the same mom. So I just remember finding her and going, I will never let you go. Uh, and you can never let me go. Right, right, right. Because right. We, we understand each other in a way that other people just can't. Right, right. So I really feel like it's kind of why we're alive. I feel it is, is to too. just share our stories. And some are just, I mean, I, I have... I have stories that are are really dark and painful and I I you know another joy of being an actor is that you're given the word, words to use all of that 
emotional pain or confusion. Mm -hmm. And for me, I sometimes feel like I'm very inarticulate. Uh So my way of storytelling is like telling someone else's stories, but with my... um, Emotional. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Um, But I just... That's why... Yeah. That's why I love this kind of thing as opposed to going to lunch with 12 girlfriends. You know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, I'm no. Just saying, That's fun, too. It has a place, too. Right, absolutely. But I am I just am like, I just want to talk about the down and dirty. You know what I mean? I like, I enjoy talking about the down and dirty, too. But I love getting drunk with Sandy and talking well, about absolutely who nothing. Who doesn't? You know, she and I drank absinthe like a month ago. Yeah. And I called her the next day I and I was her. like, how did you sleep? She's like, terrible. I was like, thank God. Rolling nightmares all night long, and I don't even dream oh my anymore. Gosh. See, that's oh my what gosh. I love about Sandy. invite me, invite me. Like, I would love to join in. She that. and I get in the down and dirty too. Yeah, but then but we you go can out. Also, I know, and cut I have those pals too, and talk about nothing that means yes. anything at all. Yes, I just the most tedious. It was stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or the most ridiculous fun or like, I cannot believe I'm driving to softball again. Exactly. Can I just vent to you about softball for five minutes and understand, I understand that this is good. No, I know. Right. But could someone please drive besides me? I mean, she and I talk about this constantly, especially with softball, because she drives to softball all the time. Uh, And dads, both dads, non-existent, not here. You guys don't Super into softball. Yeah. (laughs) Moms, <laughs> not at all doing the groundwork of softball. Right, right. Going, are you kidding me? Right. So yeah, so there's value to that too. Yeah, there's value for the all absolute. You know what? I have a friend who used to say, "Play is the most important thing in life. Is to play." Mm-hmm. So, so I like play. I agree this is play. Absolutely. It's adult play. Yep. But so is drinking absinthe and having nightmares. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And play. watching reality television shows. Yes. Absolutely. And playing with your kids in the park. Yeah. It's about the play. And mm-hmm. how do you like to play? And who do you play well with? Mm-hmm. You know, who do you look forward to playing with? I thought about that too the other day. I think part of what happened after kids is I started not playing with people I don't want to play with. Right. You know, I don't want to play with you. Right. 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 No interest in being and in the sandbox okay. with you. Yeah. Exactly. You too much drama. Mm-hmm. You throw sand in my face every time. <laughs> so I'm not playing with you anymore. Right? Yeah. Well, I like playing with you, Paula. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for talking about this. Of Let's course. come back and talk about the dark, deep, nasty. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. I won't be. I'll grunt. I'll just be grunting. I can't, you know, I'll just be sobbing in a fetal position underneath the couch. But okay. I'll interpret. I'll interpret. <laughs> no, She's kidding. saying she really doesn't like pepperoni pizza. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. All right. Thanks, All everybody, right. for listening. Thank I hope you. it helps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You got it.